Hello everyone, this is Jason, and I'd like to welcome you to our coronavirus special mini-series, CSE Plays With Ourselves. A number of our crew will be doing the PF2-compatible solo adventure, The Duskwalkers Do, written by Ron Lundeen and published by Runamuck Games and Rogue Genius Games. This adventure has one person as a GM and playing a pre-made PC, so we're going to give it a go and see how our playstyles vary. Let's get started. You are Tarklo Dirge. A wanderer in sword for hire. You are one of a rare group of people called Duskwalkers, ashen-colored humanoids who guard the cycles of life and death. You have put more unquiet souls to rest than you care to count. You are often overwhelmed by the enormity of the task ahead of you. The world is filled with so many of the shambling dead and haunting spirits that you fear you'll never know any life other than returning the dead to their proper repose. That is, if you don't starve first. Even a Duskwalker must eat. Earning the coin to do so means taking odd jobs that ordinary people are too timid or ill-equipped to handle. So, you drift from town to town, solving problems to earn your next meal and put the next soul to rest. Just outside the bustling river town of Thaven, you had stopped for a well-earned rest beneath an old apple tree. A voice from above called your name. Tarklo Dirge? Born of Ramnit Dirge? called the voice. Looking up, you spied a large crow wearing a leather mask, eyeing you with interest. A no-soy psychopomp, courier inscribed from the land where spirits go after death. Psychopomps have some connection to Duskwalkers, but you've never cared to find out what. You suspect learning more might jeopardize the freedom you treasure. Tarklo Dirge, born of no one, you replied sullenly, wishing only to be left alone to finish your apple. Ah, that's not what your records say, insisted the no-soy. Your soul fragment originated from a Duskwalker named Ramnant Dirge, deceased 31 years ago, returned to the Boneyard, and recycled into Tarklo Dirge. Unfortunately, that all sounded right. You're 31 years old, give or take, and that's your name. I don't know the Psychopomps anything, you grumbled. Ah, technically you don't owe me, Monody, anything. But you owe the Psychopomps everything, insisted the Nosoi. For now... I'm to identify a particular tomb and let you know that its primary inhabitant, a woman named Imogren Thavelshank, has slipped the cycle of souls and returned as an incorporeal undead. We need you to destroy her spirit so her, so her soul can progress. You sighed, cast aside the apple core, and ensured your hatches were strapped to your side. Okay, where is this Thavelshank tomb? I'll show you myself, said Monody. Settling his feathers with a bit more pomp than was warranted, as I'm to accompany you on that significant task. Great. Another mouth to feed. Stairs lead deep down into the earth. The hallway at the bottom makes a gradual bend to the right. A pair of wooden doors, swollen in their frame, lead to the east. The hallway is interrupted by a series of floor-to-ceiling columns. Each depicts the same woman a haughty aristocrat looking down her nose with undisguised contempt. Ah, here we are, chirps Monody. I know Thavelshing's ghost is in a sepulcher at the far end of this hallway, past a pair of double doors. But she is powerful. Perhaps too powerful for you to defeat right away. There are three icons of her life you should collect. The presence of each will weaken her grip on unlife, so you should carry as many of them as you can find when you confront her. They are a marble candlestick, a silver comb, and a golden snuff box. She liked her fine treasures, apparently. You don't need all of them, but the more of them you have, the better. I also have this map. 
With a shake of his head, Monody's leather mask slips a bit and a piece of parchment flutters out. I know there is a secret passage in the tomb, the Nosoi admits, but not how to access it. You'll just have to keep your eyes open. As the Nosoi speaks, a rush of air and a grinding noise comes from behind you. The enormous stone doors of the tomb swing shut, trapping you inside. They are far too heavy to move and far too thick to carve your way through. Ah, the tomb also has a defense against intruders. I forgot to mention. The doors won't open until Thavalshank's ghost is defeated. I'm afraid we're both stuck here until the task is done. You could wring the Nosoi's neck, but you suspect you might need him before you're through. So, I'm coming across this door right here. What I'm going to do is take a listen at it to see if I can hear anything on the other side. And let's see, Tarklow's perception is... Plus 10. So let's take a roll. Ooh, that's a 2. So that'll be a 12. I'm guessing I probably don't hear anything on the other side, assuming that there is anything. Well, according to this, there are creatures in the room. However, they're not making any particular amount of noise or anything like that doing anything. And if we're just basing it off their stealth DC, we're going to fail at that check. So, seeing as I don't know anything in, is in there, might as well check it out anyway. Not that I wasn't going to, but I am going to check the door to see if it is trapped at all. Let's try that perception again. Oh, much better this time. That's a 24. And according to this readout, there is no trap on this door. So I'm going to have to open this bad boy up. According to the rules, being that this is a swollen door, uh, it requires a full or a one round activity, which is all three of my actions to open up. You heave open the doors to this room and are surprised to find a large chamber decorated like a ballroom. Tapestries on the walls might have once been fine, but they're covered with a strange fungus that gives an unpleasant odor. Some of these tapestries have been scraped clean, their fungus collected in filthy buckets beneath the tapestries. Several flagstones in the floor have been pulled up to function as a crude fire pit. A small fire burns within it, casting long, strange shadows around the room. And there are three creatures that are in this room around the fire pit. They're cl obviously collecting the smelly fungus for some purpose. And that means we're going to start initiative and it gives me what they're supposed to do. So I'm going to roll my own initiative here with my perception. Oh, Jesus. That's a 12 for me. This is not going to be a great fight to start with, it seems. And let's see about these guys. Oh, they're, their initiative is not... Quite as good as mine, but... You know, I did roll poorly. That would have been helpful for myself. Okay, so yeah, they're going before I am. Uh, almost double my initiative. Even though my modifier is twice, more than twice as high as theirs is. Go me. They cast their invisibility spell that they have on themselves, and then... Fire their bullet bolts, and it says they are ready with their weapons. So, I mean, I don't know how they're doing that if they're collecting stuff, but hey, it's what it says. It's what I'm going to go with. So, first one, two actions to use his invisibility, and then he's going to fire his bullet bolt at me. Oh, and that is going to miss. Lucky me, lucky me. He becomes visible again when he does it, so that's good. I mean, for me, anyway. Okay, second one. Ooh, second one is also going to miss. Thank you, Dice, for helping me out here. And third one. 
Ooh, third one rolled a bit better, but it is still not enough. That was going to be pretty bad there. My turn. I am going to hunt prey on the first one, we'll say. And then I'm going to use my quick draw action as well, which lets me draw a weapon and strike. And I'm going to draw out my composite longbow with that. And I'm going to shoot here. Composite longbow comes with a plus 12 to hit. Or a 23, which destroys that guy's AC. And it is outside 30 feet, so my volley does not come into play. Do some damage here. That'll be five damage. Oh, actually, I get an additional DA precision damage because the first time I hit my, my uh, hunted prey around, it takes that. And let's see what we get for that. That's nice. That's much better. That'll be an additional five right from that alone. And it comes at a penalty here, but I am going to take another attack with the composite longbow against the same one. So this time it will be at a plus seven. With a 19 on the die, that equals a 26. So close to a critical, but not quite there. However, I am going to get that D8 plus 2 damage again. Oh, for max damage, and that is one Dwergar down. So back to their turn. Whether or not they immobilize you, they cast enlarge and enter combat with their light maces. Okay. Enlarge is two actions. So first one will do that. Drops its crossbow as a free action and will use its last action to draw its light mace out. And both of them will do that same thing. Alright, brings it back to my turn. Hunt prey on number two. Sure, why not? Doesn't really matter much. And I am going to take my first shot at it here. That plus 12. That will make it a 29, which is a critical hit. Fantastic. Roll that d8 plus 2. Nice. That's 7 plus 2 is 9 damage. Uh, the rules of the game mean that 9 gets doubled straight up to 18, and there is a d10 of deadly that goes with it. For that, 27 points of damage. So he is definitely critically destroyed. Go me on that one. d8 for the precision damage isn't even going to come into effect. Should I roll it anyway? Yeah, why not roll it anyway? Just to, just to see... Oh, so 30 damage total we'll go with. That's 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 nice. Now, let's see. Let's uh, take a shot at this other one here. Ooh, that might not be so well. 9 plus 7 is going to be 16. And that just misses their AC. Alright, so this guy, let's see what... Alright, so their movement speed is 20 feet. They are 35 feet from me. So take two move actions to get within range and then or two actions to move within range and then he will swing his light mace at me, which is unfortunate. Oh, wait a second. No, when they're enlarged, they're clumsy one, which reduces his AC down to 16. So my last shot did hit. Good thing I took a look at that. Now I'm going to roll that damage on it. Seven damage. Okay. Okay, now we'll give him his strike at me. Oh, oh, that's, that's bad. That's gonna be, that's gonna be a 24 to hit me, and that will hit. Luckily, it is not a crit, and gotta roll damage for him. 
It's a D4 plus one, but because of enlarge, it goes up by two. So that's a D4 plus three. That'll be five damage. That's uh, actually not so bad. Not as bad as I was thinking it was going to be. But he is pretty much in my face right now. So I need to take this guy down. So I'm going to hunt prey on him. I'm going to take this first shot at him. 14 is not going to cut it. I'm going to take another shot at him. 13 is not going to cut it. Oh boy. Maybe I should have moved. Well, his turn to swing at me. Oh, that is a 9. That's going to critically fail. My turn on him. Oh boy. Oh wait, no. Wait, that's... That's an 18. That is going to hit. Look at that. Okay. So he is my hunted prey as well. So do the damage. Eight damage from the bow, not enough to kill him. And here's the precision damage, making it nine, making it exactly enough to kill him. All right. So there's the first encounter down. Man, with those initiatives, I really thought that wasn't going to turn out quite so well. But all's well that ends well, as they say. So now I am going to check around the room. I mean, usually in play style, you know, you take stuff off the enemies, but I don't really care to be carrying all this stuff around that they have on them. But I will take a look around the room. So do not find anything in particular there, aside from their collection of the stuff that they're checking. So I will take a look to see what this kind of stuff is, because there's got to be a reason they're collecting it, right? And that they're cooking it, apparently. So, let's see... A nature check here what's my nature plus eight so 10 plus eight is 18 and that is exactly what i needed go me all right so with that i realized that the smelly fungus can be cooked into a foul tasting brew that functions as a moderate eagle eye elixir and i can prepare one dose for use whenever i like so i am absolutely going to do that and then i'm going to start moving along i don't know that i'm gonna drink the elixir right yet it will last for an hour i don't know how long i'm gonna be in here but i just started so probably not necessary right off the bat i mean that'll probably end up hurting me in the long run but hey we'll see so after you drink this elixir you notice subtle visual details for the next hour you gain an item bonus to perception checks that is greater when attempting to find secret doors and traps Bonus is plus two or plus three to find secret doors and traps because it's a moderate. Oh, so my perception goes up in general. That'll actually help with initiative as well. But, you know, I might actually just hold off for now. Keep it in my pocket or something here. So let us move along. There's another set of doors in this room that lead what I assume is north. And they don't mention them being stuck. So I'm going to just open the doors, and that puts me around the bend in the hallway. Now I have another hallway leading straight north, or I've got a set of double doors off to my east, assuming that that is the case. Yeah, that's a long hallway down there. Probably, yeah, I'll probably take the door to the east, because that looks like it leads somewhere further in. We'll open this door, and there's nothing saying this is bad, so I'll open that up. Uh, this chamber has a sunken floor and an old stone well in its center. Unfortunately, the well is long dried up. All the doors leading out of this room look the same, except for the door to the north. That one has small barred windows that reveal a cell. 
Do I want to check that area first? Yeah, why not? Because if it's got a cell, that could mean that it's got something hidden in there, and I'd rather something not pop out behind me, if that's the case. Might as well try a little bit of sneakiness while I'm at it. Let's try that stealth, see what we get there. Ooh, 18 on the die. Stealth makes it a 28. Well, if there is anything in there, probably ain't hearing me coming. Door is not listed as being swollen, so I will open it up nice and quietly. This room was once obviously a prison cell. Rusted manacles hang from the walls to the north, west, and south. Some of the manacles rattle ominously despite the lack of breeze, and you suspect this is Emil Green Thavelshank's malevolent influence. Who puts a cell in their tomb anyway? Not anyone you'd care to socialize with. Now let's give this room a nice little peek, see if anything's in here. That is going to be a 5, plus my 10 for perception is 15. And a 15 is not going to tell me what's in that room. So I'm not even going to mention it. Might as well head straight south into the bottom room there. Nothing in here, so I'll keep my stealth going. Not as well this time. That's only a 12. Or no, 14. Okay. Open up that door, which is also not listed as swollen. Wooden chests, statuary, opulent furniture, and other ornamentation rests in what is obviously a treasure vault. However, every scrap of metal in the room, including the coins that have filled the chests and the hinges and locks of the chests themselves, have all been reduced to drifting heaps of valueless rust. Oh, a rust monster is happily gorging itself on the corroded mess it's made of this room. It's not clear how the monster got in here as it can't open the doors. But you have a more pressing matter. It senses my hatchets. And, oh, it attacks me in the hopes of an easy meal. Well, that's, that's nice. So I guess that's initiative time. Okay, so myself. Ooh, 26 on the initiative. Versus this guy. He's only got a 14. So that means I go first. And I'm probably going to want to keep my hatchets away from him. So I will take my nice little bow out with my quick draw action here i'll hunt prey first then i'll quick draw and strike with that just going to make the ac so d8 plus 2 10 damage plus my piercing is one great so that'll be 11 damage to this guy and my final action another bow attack Ooh, yeah that's gonna that's gonna fail hard Alright, so what is this bad boy's movement speed? 35 feet, so... Yeah, alright, he's coming right up at me with a single move. Yeah, let's see, it tries to bite at me first here. It's mandibles. That'll be a 17, which is going to miss, thankfully. And then it's going to whip out its tail. That'll be at a minus 5 for that, so 14 is going to miss. Now back to another arrow at this guy. Oh, man. That's going to be a 21. Who Just manages. So, damage time. 6 plus the precision makes it 9 damage. Going to make a second attack here. Oh, that's, that's bad. And... Might as well try for this third attack. Oh! 19 on the die. That's at a minus 10 on the attack for a 21. And yes, that is just going to hit. You got to make that roll sometimes, folks. 
for eight damage that round or that turn. Okay, it's probably pretty pissed off at me. I'm not using the metal weapons against it, so let's just say it's going to attack me again, try to eat me. Uh, that's an 18. That is going to miss. Bite me again. That is a five. That's really going to miss. And let's check this tail. Whew. That was like a four to hit with the negative. Time to shoot. That will be a 23 to hit, which is going to hit five regular damage and then three more for the precision. Eight damage. Second attack. Oh, I got to stop rolling that too. Third attack, yes! 19 on the die again for that 21. And 7 damage, Rust Monster goes down. That was an uh, interesting fight. All the stuff in here is pretty much destroyed, but I am going to take a look anyway to see if there's anything in this room not destroyed. That's going to be a 24 on my perception check for that. Alright, so I find two really nice high back wooden chairs. That are in good condition, but they are heavy as hell, so I'm going to leave them here. And luckily, going through here, I also find a marble candlestick. If you all remember, a little bird friend of ours told me that there was a marble candlestick I needed to find to make the undead spirit weaker. So I'm going to take it and hold on to that thing. The problem I'm seeing here, that I'm seeing now, is I've wasted about half of my arrows so I might have to be a little more careful going forward on the number of arrows that I use here. I do like that ranged combat though. So we'll have to see how things go forward. Now, question is, do I drink that potion here or the elixir? Because it would have been nice to know about that thing ahead of time. So yeah, I'm going to drink that elixir now. Gives me a plus two on my perception. Or three if I'm looking for like any kind of secret doors or traps. Which, you know, they told me there was. So far, I haven't come across any of them with any of my rolls. So we're going to hope this works. And let's see, it lasts for an hour. So we're going to have to keep a little, keep an eye on how that works. Hopefully there's some arrows around too. But we're going to leave that room and head further east to what is the last cell or weird room thing off to this area here. And let's take a listen at that door. Ooh. So that'll be a 30 to listen at this door, see if I can hear anything. Looks like there's no to hearing things on the inside. So I will open the door. Let's roll that stealth to see how that goes. It'll be a 23. A few rusted weapons hang from the walls of this room on decrepit weapon racks. The far end of the room, opposite the door, has a single suit of armor on display. Uh, the animated armor lunges for it as soon as you to fight you as soon as you open this door. Well, well that's nice. Uh, it doesn't start with its glaive in its hand. Well, that's good. But its first actions in combat are to walk to the south wall and grab it as an interact action. Glaive is useful only to the animated armor and it falls to pieces when the animated armor is destroyed. So let's go for some initiatives. That's a twenty for me and a seventeen for the creature. Alright, so this creature is on the far wall, which puts it 30 feet away from me. <sighs> well, first action going to be Hunt Prey. Now, I just got done saying about using my bows here. I think I will draw my hatchets with my other two actions, which would mean I'm waiting here for it. Probably not the smartest idea. 
So it'll use an action to get off the wall, walks to the south wall. The other one grabs the weapon as an interact. Okay, that moves it close to me. So I'm going to use one action to move up to it. I'm going to quick draw my other hatchet and strike with it because I can. And that was, ooh, 29 to hit. And hell yeah, 29 to hit will be a critical. And it's got a whole list of immunities here, and critical is not one of them. Let's see what my damage on that is. D6 plus 4 slashing. Oh, great. So that's 5, so that'll be 10 slashing. Then we got our precision here. 10 slashing and 4 precision damage. All right, construct armor has hardness that reduces any damage it takes equal to the hardness. Uh, once an animated armor is reduced to less half minutes, or immediately upon being damaged by a critical hit, its construct armor breaks and its armor class is reduced. Oh, hell to the yeah! Way to start the match off. All right, so hell with all that. Hardness is gone. So that'll be, what, 10 plus 4 damage, I think I said? 14? 14 damage because I broke through its stuff. Leaves it at 6 HP right off the start. That hardness is really supposed to be a bit more uh, deadly going on there. So let's uh, take a swing with the other hatchet. And it is agile, so it is not taking the complete penalty here. It's not be a minus five as an agile weapon. It is going to instead be a minus four. So eight plus eight is 16 with its armor broken. That is more than enough to hit it. And let's take this D6 plus 4 of slashing damage. Oh, max damage. All right, he's done. Well, thanks for that crit. He didn't even get an attack off on me. Now, gonna search around this room as well. Oh, and as I said, that glaive turns to dust when this thing goes, so the glaive is gone. Oh, man, that would have that would have been really painful. Well, luckily, don't have to worry about that. That is going to be a 30 on my perception. All right, so what do we have in here? Uh, one of the weapons gleams as though new. It's a plus one striking hatchet, strangely similar in appearance to the hatchets I currently carry. Oh, I don't need to search to find it. It's obvious. None of the other weapons are worth anything. Plus one striking means that I get a plus one on the attack, and the striking means that it will do an extra die of damage, which is nice. So I'm going to replace one of my hatchets with that, or... Not gonna replace it, I'll keep all three, but that's definitely gonna be the first one I draw whenever I draw them out. See if my search found anything else. I had a 30. Search the room and succeed at a DC 20%. Check to notice the secret door here. Hell yeah. If this is the first time you've discovered a secret door, I gain one here. Oh, hero point. I didn't even realize I had hero points. Well, shit. I mean, technically, you know, you're supposed to have a hero point to start a game. This is given hero points, that makes two for me. So I will give myself a couple hero points here. All right, two hero points. Going pretty well so far. All right, so this is a secret door. Boom, 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 walk up the hall leads to a new area. Let us take a look at what we've got. All right, so it comes to a door. I guess it's just a back way into this room. It does not say that they are swollen, so this should be easier to open. Gonna do my perception. That's a 16 to hear anything on the other side, and I'm going to get a 27 on my stealth. Well, let's see, what do I get on my perception? 27 on stealth. 
Perception wasn't great. I mean, their stealth DC, it would beat their stealth DC, but it says these things are in here uh, playing around, the things that are in this room. So I'm going to assume that I hear them. I'll bring my new magic hatchet into hand before opening this door. And then that's what I'm going to do. Open this door. The doors to this room open to reveal a square room with a sunken floor. Although the floor is only a few inches below the level of the hallway floors outside it, it's filled with a sharp-smelling acid. The acid isn't strong enough to injure you or deep enough to hinder you, but it clings to your fleet feet in an unpleasant way. Monody, skeptical of the acid, simply remains airborne. Well, come on, that's what Monody's been doing this whole time, really. Two water methods are playing in the acid of this room, forming it into sticky balls and hurling it at each other. You suspect they've been at this game for a very, very long time by the scrim of slime that covers the walls. Someone new to play with, one of the methods shrieks. No, mine, shouts the other. Both of them leap into the air and attack me. Oh, that's nice. Whatever their version of playing is, it's not anything you want to participate in. But it seems I have no choice. Alright, one method will use its breath weapon while the other tries to hang back and cast acid arrow. Then they switch places. Each does the other tactic. Then they rush into melee and use breath weapon as often as I can. Okay, sweet. Alright. So, it's time for some initiatives. For myself. 23. Oh boy. Oh, 21 for that. And 23 for the other one. Pathfinder here. If you tie with the monster, the monster goes first. So, let's see how far. Uh, room is 30 feet across. What is their breath weapon? Breathes in a 15-foot cone. Okay, so it will have to take move action to get within that. And then blows a 15-foot co cone at me of acid damage. I'm going to need a reflex save. It'll be a 23, which will succeed. But, not critically so, so I will still take damage from it. It's 10 total damage down to half. It's 5 damage for me. And let's see. It has 2 rounds before it can use its breath weapon again. Alright, and that makes it my turn. So I will hunt prey on that one that just came and spit at me. He had to move within 15 feet in order to do that. So I will use one of my actions to move up to him, and I think I'll just attack with my magic hatchet that's already out. So that will make it a, let's see, 20 to hit with my new numbers. That will hit their AC of 16. So my new damage will be 14 slashing damage. Sweet. He's not going to like me after that. Now it is the other one's turn. And he is supposed to be casting Acid Arrow on me. So let's take a look at that. Conjure an air vest that continues corroding the target after it hits. Oh great, make a spell attack. Wow, that's a lot of damage. Shit, that is. That's pretty rough. Plus 9 on the attack. That's going to be a 21 to hit. And that, that matches my AC, some bitch. 3d8 acid damage and a d6 persistent acid acid that's crappy Ooh! oh god 15 damage on that that's rough this is not looking good for tarklo right here especially oh, now the other one great he it's his turn to shoot an acid arrow 
Oh, luckily he missed. That's a 13, so he will miss. Okay. It is my turn. I will quick draw and attack the one in front of me here. That's going to miss probably with a 17 to hit. Oh, it is going to hit. Oh, thank. Thank whoever it is that Tarklo follows. There's no extra damage on this one. That's going to be six damage plus he's hunted. So another seven. That is 13 damage. Oh, and he is down. I think I actually forgot the hunted prey damage on the last one, honestly. He's down. Second action. Going to hunt prey on the new target. And actually, I think I'm going to stay over here. So he has to move up next to me in order to get his breath weapon out. And then I have to make, let's see, I take a D6 persistent acid damage. I'm going to take three from that. Then I'm going to need to make a check to end the persistent damage, and that's not going to be enough. So now this guy is going to get within his 15-foot range, and he's going to breathe his acid breath on me. All right, that will just barely pass. Okay, that's... uh. That's not good. Okay, six cut in half is three. Back to my turn. One action to move up to him the rest of the way. Going to attack first with my magic hatchet. That'll be a 27 to hit, which is a critical. Nine plus four is 13. Doubled is 26 damage. And that will... Kill that creature. <sighs> now, let's see. That's persistent damage there. Oh, 16 on the recovery check. Go me. Gonna take a peek around this room. That's gonna be a 30. And while I'm doing that, uh, one of the things that it says Monody will do for me is use treat wounds. And I'm gonna need the hell out of some treat wounds. So I'm going to have him do that. Let's see what's in this room first. Even a cursory search revealed a jumble of loot the water methods have stashed in a corner of the room. The only obvious, the only item of obvious value is a golden snuff box. This is one of the key items. Hell yeah. Golden snuff box contains a strange wad of magical moss that has resisted the effects of the acidic fluid. Let's see. Nature check on this. What's my nature? Plus eight. 12. That is not enough for the thing that's here. Uh, if I fail, I do not know what the moss does, and I don't think it's edible, so that's what we're going to go with. And now i got to find Monody's numbers here so I can see what the hell this thing's going to be able to do for me for medicine here. So let's see. He's got a plus 8, and that will be a total of 20 which does pass, but not critically so. So I get 2d8s. That is six hit points I got back, which is still not fantastic. Fortunately, that can only be done once an hour. So the real question is, do I wait for the rest of the hour and get some more healing and waste the remainder of my potion here? Or do I hope I don't end up dying and push on a little further? Because I took a lot of damage in that room. Uh, 
Decisions, decisions. You know what? Right now, I'm going to walk through this hallway thing that it said is here. Go. There's a doorway. I'll go through the doorway. Take a listen at it. See if there's anything there. Stealthfully, okay. Nothing there. Open the door to a hallway. Walks down to another apparently secret door on the other end of the hallway, which... According to this thing, the hallways on either side of this room lead to secret doors. The secret doors are plainly visible from the halls, so I don't need a perception check to find them from this direction. But I am going to take a listen on this door as well. That's going to be a 23. Let's see if I can hear anything. All right, so I don't hear anything in there, so I am going to open the door. This room is blazing with bright light from magically illuminated panels in the ceiling. While not nearly as bright as natural sunlight, the light is nevertheless much brighter than the rest of the tomb. The northwest quadrant of the room is a flower bed about 20 feet square. Okay. Oh, that's nicely marked on there. All right. The dirt in the flower bed is churned and loose and looks healthy, but the only flowers growing are ash gray, brittle, and dead. Only one plant in the garden appears to be alive. And it's little more than a brown stick with a dull green leaf. It's growing out of the stopper of a potion of bark skin buried in the garden. Well, I, maybe I wasn't supposed to see that part, but... Alright, and with a shudder, the dirt of the flower bed roils and churns. And a heap of dead flesh rises. This is a zombie brute. Alright, so that's going to need some initiatives here. Uh, myself... Maybe I should have waited, but uh, that's going to be a 26. Uh, that, oh, nice. A one for the zombie, making a total of five. Okay. So that thing's pretty large. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and grab my bow. I know I don't have any rounds left, but I am going to shoot at it while that thing is far away and go from there. So first attack with the bow. 14 plus 12 equals 26. And a 26 is a crit against this creature with an AC of 15. Oh, motherfucker, I'm an idiot. All right, so that'll be six regular damage. A D10 for the deadly. So that'll be 10 total damage. And because I'm stupid and didn't hunt prey, I don't get that extra damage. But that is still 10 total damage against this creature. Holy shit. He's got a lot of HP. Do I take another shot now, or do I hunt prey? I'm going to take another shot now. Just 21. Oh, no, that's uh, 14 to hit, and 14 is not going to do it. It is just going to miss. Okay, so let's see this big guy. Does not leave the flower bed. If it can't reach me, it hurls a clot of necrotic earth at me. All right, so let's see. That's going to miss with a... 12, uh, 19, actually it's less than a 19, 19 minus 5 is 14, so that's going to miss, and a 5 total is going to miss. Now there is a flat check I have to make for each of those attacks to see if that potion is destroyed, <laughs> and of course the first one on a DC 5 I roll a 4, so potion's destroyed, go me, but now I see this thing is not moving out of this dirt. I'm just going to stay back here and use some arrows and hope all goes well. I'm going to hunt prey first, then an arrow. 
That will be a 25, which is a crit again. Uh, oh, that's not good. That will be 6 for the regular damage, then 5 on the deadly for 11, and then the pierce or the precision is a 6 for 17 damage. Oh, my pen's dying here. Going to attack again. Not enough. And that is my turn. Oh, he's going to throw some more dirt at me. Miss, miss, miss. And the potion's already broken. So no need to worry about that. And let's go for another arrow. Ooh, that's not going to be a crit this time, but it will hit. Eight damage from that. And two precision for a total of ten. Second attack. Going to miss. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just gonna hold off on this last action because I'm running out of arrows. All right, so he's gonna throw dirt at me three more times. Nope. Ooh. Nope. Oh, that's a nat twenty on the third attack, which would, at its minus three, makes it a seventeen, which is a failure. But the nat twenty. Makes it an actual hit, because it steps it up by one. Oh wow, that's actually a lot of damage. Oh, uh, six bludgeoning and then a d6 of negative. Oh, so seven total damage. Now do I have something about negative resistances? Negative energy two. Ah, so I don't take that damage at all. I just take six damage, which is what I got back when Monody healed me. Great. Now, another arrow. That's gonna seriously crit with a 29. 7 doubled is 14, plus the d10. That's 18, plus precision is 26 damage. And last attack. That's going to be a 22 to hit, which is not a crit, but it is absolutely a hit. And my minimum damage on this will kill the creature, so... Big guy is dead. Now, let's take a search around this room. That will be a 25, but there is nothing in this room to find due to the giant smashing of the stuff. At this point, my health is pretty low, so I think I'm going to take a break here and wait it out. Check over my stuff. I uh, will let my potion run out for that. Actually, what did I get? A 25. Oh, actually, I find a secret door. Another secret door. Not the one that came in, but a secret door into another room. But don't know that I'm going to do that right now. Like I said, I'm going to gonna take a break in here for at least long enough to get healed up. And hopefully Monody helps me out a little better this time with his rolls. So let's take a check at that. He's got a plus 8. And that is a 15 on the die, which is still not enough for a crit. That is much better healing, though. 10 points of healing. I'm at a little better than half HP right now. I, don't know, I faced off against some pretty bad things in here. I think I'm going to burn another hour just to get some more health back here. Come on, Monody, hook me up. Oh, 16 on the die, plus 8. Eight is 
Well, why can't I do math? 16 plus 8 is 24. Son of a... That's still not enough for a crit. Ooh. That's 12 additional hit points that round, though. I'm still basically roughly a regular hour away from getting fully healed. Hey, you know what? I'm going to burn the last hour here. Come on, Monody, hook me up. It's enough to pass, but that's it. You really not help me out, bird. Seven and five is twelve. Oh, that's almost max. Good enough, I guess. Gonna try stealth to open this door. Oh boy. Gonna listen on the other side of the door also. Oh Jesus. So can I actually hear anything on the other side of this door? I don't. Okay. So I will open the door. And I gain a hero point when I enter this room. Oh shit, I forgot I had hero points. Well they're gonna come in handy as hell right here. So I'm at the maximum of three hero points. The sepulcher is a long, dim chamber with a raised alcove in the north end. That raised area is lit with ever-burning torches that glow with a dim gray illumination. A single sarcophagus resting here, resting there, is carved with the image of Imogrin Thavelshank on its lid. The six columns supporting the ceiling here are also carved with their haughty likeness, so there isn't anywhere in this chamber free from her gaze. That's perhaps the most eerie thing about this cursed dungeon so far. Wisps of shadow emerge from the sarcophagus and coalesce into Thavelshank's malevolent wraith. You fought many ghosts in your life, but none as powerful as this one. Thavelshank gives a horrid grin that splits the shadow of her face. My dear Dirge, my murderer, have you returned to accept your vengeance at my hand? You pause in confusion. Why would she know you? She died before you were even born. Wait. You're not Ramnant Dirge at all. You're only a part of him? What trickery is this? Monody clears his throat, just like a fussy professor might. Uh, madam, your soul is trapped, unwilling to move on to the boneyard and unable to return to this world. I needed to bring you fully forth, and the only way to do so was to bring your killer into your presence. You turn to the Nosoy. You used me? Monody cocks his head. Technically, I used a little bit of Ramnant Dirge that makes up your soul. But now Thavelshank is fully manifested and you can send her to her eternal rest. He gestures toward the shadowy figure with his wing, inviting you to step forward and face her. Thavelshank doesn't seem to care about the details of whose soul belongs to whom. She wails in rage and lunges forward. Alright, so Thavelshank's spirit attacks best she can. If I came in through area A10, which I did... The light shining in the door from that room gives her pause, and I gain a plus four bonus to initiative roll in this combat. Hell yeah! Keep in mind the three items which remind Thavelshank most of her mortality weaken her, as described in the sidebar. Okay, so I have two of those items. I never ended up finding the third. Alright, so she is weaker for each of the three significant items I carry. Hopefully weak enough to defeat. Three items are the marble candlestick, the silver comb, which I never found, and that's in a room I never went to, and the golden snuff box, which I did find. Okay, so she goes down to level four. Reduce her perception by four. That'll help with initiative, actually. So let's roll the initiatives first here, just so I can get that. Okay, so that's 20 for me. That is an 18 initiative for her, so I get to go first. That's nice. Reduce AC by 4. Uh, reduce saving throws by 4. Reduce hit points by 20. Oh, thank you. Would have been nice if I had the third item. Reduce attack bonus by 4. 
reduce spectral hand damage by two, reduce drain life DC by four. All right then. So she's back there, 50 feet away from me. Let's get this shit going. I am first with my initiative. I will hunt prey. I will quick draw my bow and strike with it. That is a 30, which thanks to her reduced AC is a critical. And it's kind of unfortunate that it would not have been a critical before that. All my weapons have the benefit of ghost touch property rune against on attacks against incorporeal undead, which is what she is. This weapon can harm creatures without physical form. It's particularly effective against incorporeal creatures, which almost always have a specific weakness to ghoul touch weapons. Well, it does not have a weakness against them. However, it does bypass the resistance here, so that's good. Let's roll that crit damage. Oh, hell yes. Max damage on the D8. 16 plus 4, that's 20 damage from that. We got our deadly damage here, which adds 6. That's 26. And then we got our precision D8, which is 2. So that is 28 damage. And then I will take another attack. That will be not enough to hit. And it was her turn. She has a fly speed of 40 feet, and she was 50 feet away from me. So it will actually take her two actions to get up to me. The Wraith Cotton Sunlight is stunned two and clumsy two. She might not actually be able to... No, she's not in the room yet. But probably try to get her into the room. She's going to try to reach out. That's still going to hit, unfortunately. Oh, this is going to hurt. That's... 9 plus 3 is 12 damage. 12 negative damage, but I have resistance, so it's only actually 10 damage to me. And then drain life. Gains 5 temporary hit points. I must succeed at a save. Is it fortitude save or become drained 1? And drained is bad. Drained is very bad. Ooh, let's see. What's the save? DCs are reduced... Reduce drain life by DC by four, so that makes it a 19. And I got a 20. Oh, okay. Don't want to get hit with that again. I will take one action to step back into this room. Then I'm going to shoot her. That is going to be a 25, which will hit. That's. Four damage there, plus another four from that is eight damage. And, oh no, she's immune to precision. Well, shit. So let's see, adjust her hit points a little bit for that and last there. Okay. All right, so precision is useless against her. Let's take a second attack. You know, I'm going to use a hero point to reroll that. Oh, much better. Let's see, that is going to be a 28, so not enough for a crit, but enough to hit for not much damage. Okay, alright, so she's going to move up to get me, and I am in the room with the sunlight now, and she has her sunlight powerlessness. Wraith Cotton Sunlight is stunned to and clumsy to, but she can't act, so I'm going to once again back into the room using a step and then shoot at her once here and she does have a lower ac now 
All right, I'm going to use another hero point because while that would hit, actually, do I just take the hit? It's a lot easier to crit on this one, but mm, let's see. This, this 22 is going to hit her as it stands right now. Yeah, you know what? I'll just take the hit on this one just because I can get the damage to her. So I'll do that. Seven damage. My precision does nothing. Then I will make a second attack. You know, that's going to hit also. Let's go from there. Not much damage there. So she will go into the other room. And she does not have the ability to do any range attacks. But I've only got two arrows left. So let's see how they work. Well, I'm going to reroll that one. Alright. That's going to miss. And my last arrow. Oh, hell to the yeah. That will just... That's actually just going to crit because of that. Because of her... Ouch. Because of her... Oh no, she's not clumsy anymore. So her AC's back to 20. So... Damn. So 25, so yeah, it's not going to crit after all. A decent amount of damage to her, though. But I'm out of arrows, so... Shit, I'm going to have to go in after her now. She's just going to wait there. I'm going to drop my bow as a free action. I guess I'll move slightly into the room, because I don't want to get too far away from the protective sunlight. So I'll go into the room. I guess I'll draw my magic... My magic hatchet out, and her turn, she's going to be able to fly up to me. Single action, spectral hand. That's going to hit. Nine damage. She gains hit points back. Fortitude save. Plenty. Okay, she's going to spectral hand again. This time, this time it's not going to do it. So I'm going to strike with my magic hatchet first. That will be a 21 to hit, which will hit her. And this is that one, so... 11 damage. I'm going to swing this hatchet again. It is agile, so the penalty is not going to be as bad here. Actually, that was a 22 to hit. 16 plus 11 is 21, or no it's not, it's 27, which I do also know is going to hit. So I am going to do some damage to her, that is 7 damage. Unfortunately she is still alive. Might as well try the last one. Is that a, is that a plus 7? She's got a 20 AC, if I roll a 13 or better... Bitch is going down. That is a 10. I'm going to use my last hero point. It's probably a dumb idea, but I'm going to do it. Not a dumb idea because I got a 16 on the die. So that is going to be a hit. And 3 plus 4 is 7 damage. And she re-dies. With Immigrant Thavelshank's defeat, the eerie shadows and supernatural effects throughout the tomb dissipate. A grinding echoes through the tomb as the doors finally open, setting you free. Monody gives an awkward farewell and flutters off in an impossible direction, slipping between the planes to return to the boneyard. With luck, you won't see him again. Now, perhaps, you can find something to eat.
and enjoy it in peace. Well, I mean, I got some money because I got this extra hatchet, so I might as well sell one of my old piece of shit hatchets. But anyway, thank you for joining me for this adventure. Hopefully you stick around for all of them, because we do have various different ways to play the game, and the whole point of this is to see how things go. So thanks for stopping by and catching the next one.